Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get drunk. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Christopher Moltisanti of podcasting. And my name is Chris Mitchell, and I'm still reigning undisputed champion of actual facts. <laughs> I'm, undefe- I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated. Yeah, man, we, 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 we keep the year uh, running with hits. And yet another one, this time we're speaking to Ty Farris. Um, yeah. really good brother man really really good guy like focused humble raps really well yeah rap- like yes, very rap- well raps very well yeah he's he's my favorite i said to him he's my favorite rapper right now yeah that's that's a that's a big that's a big statement that's a big statement and you know you yeah. can't argue with that you can't really argue that he's he's his his writing is it's 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 it's, it's, it's different bro he said he said i leave you with the fish eyes like a missy video something like that I said, okay. <laughs> Right. everyone relax everyone relax everyone relax it's, it's okay but no there's this great conversation we 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 keep we seem to be uh leaning towards detroit um over over recent over recent months it's not it's, it's never a bad thing um never no this is one of detroit's finest and you know he's got a lot to say and i'm looking forward to new music and apollo brown has to just sort it out at this point <laughs> i think it's gonna happen um mellow mellow music group tweeted just before the end of last year yeah that they were listening to um, No Cosign Four, and they really enjoyed it. So he's on the radar. You're not, you're not seeing how I try, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be spicy. You know how I'd be, I'd be spicy with people, and just I'd, I'm trying to be spicy, but I'm kind of holding myself back because Apollo will hear it, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy," in it, um, and I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. You know what? You know what? It's it. This is you know supply and demand, bro. It's supply and demand. It's do the people want it, and will they buy it? And if the answer is yes to both questions, it will happen. But as we know, you know, Apollo moves on his own time. So this is true. If it doesn't happen, okay. But I, I just, I just think Ty Farris over Apollo to me is like exhibit over a Dr. Dre beat. There's just something, yeah, about when they rhyme on those beats, you get their best out of them, in my opinion. So mm, mm, mm. that's that's yeah. that's a good comparison. I like that. But yeah, no cosine, just cocaine. Four is out now. Go stream that. Go buy that. Do all that good stuff. But this is Ty Farris. Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. Today, we are heading to the east side of Detroit. We've been to Detroit many times before on this podcast, and it's a pleasure to come always back. Uh, We're here for some brands of high quality. Shout out to Big Ghost. Uh, Our guest today is, let's say, why are different? Um, and you know what I, re- what I really love is the, the punchlines where our, our guest once said, like, we, we used to get into fights, the Tooth Fairy loves me. And I just love that imagery. So we are talking to none other than Ty Farris. Ty, how you doing, man? How's it going? Peace, 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 man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. That was a... Uh... That was one of the lines that I liked a lot too. So I'm glad somebody caught it. <laughs> I mean, it's a punchline and you're talking about punch. It's like, it's too, it's too much triple entendre. Don't ask me how kind of this shit. is, this is the guy um, who said flashing guns is a fashion statement. I said, oof, yeah. come on. Oof. <laughs> I said, oof. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to, we're going to get into all of that. We appreciate your time. Um, big fans of yours, of course. Um, we'll start very quickly um before we go backwards but let's start with no cosign jessica kane we're at number four now 
Yes. And I'm interested to, you know, you know, listen to your music, you know, yeah. various different projects. How do you approach these series now at this point in your career compared to a, you know, a Room 39, for example? How do you approach the, the series itself? Uh, so I'm a little more free with these no cosigns. Uh, it's a lot easier for us uh, putting them together because I know what people really want from those is basically punchlines and, you know, lyricism opposed to really in-depth songs. They just want to hear somebody, I believe, just, you know, going going in, going crazy. So uh, I didn't I didn't have the intentions of it going like that. And my, when I first did part one, I made a bunch of songs. Part one is mostly songs with subject matter. And then I did two, and I'm like, oh, they like this stuff. And I just kept going towards basically reading the fans on that. Uh, so the process is simple, man. I call some of my friends, get beats, call some other friends, tell them to jump on it. and you know, get it out. I, like I said, I did part four within really like five to six weeks, the whole thing. Wow. And, and you know, obviously we're still plagued by the pandemic. Has that had any impact on, I guess, your your creative process? Um, no. You know, very introspective in, in your work. You paint pictures, as you call, as you say it yourself. How, how have you kind of managed that and, and deal with that? No, uh, actually, you know, it's, it's nothing's changed for me, man. I do everything uh, myself, you know. I, I record, I mix, I edit. So I'm I, I'm I'm a loner when it comes to the process. So I don't have to leave. I, I'm I'm right here all the time. So the pandemic ain't do nothing, but actually it actually kind of helped me because it gave me less reasons to go out and more reasons to record. So I was in the house recording more. So, you know, uh as I would if the world was free of disease. Yeah. You you strike me as someone especially with your work ethic to kind of go, I've done this, what's next? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I'm ending it with five. Like I was going to end it with three, to be honest, but it was almost a challenge because like, yo, they it was gas. And like, you know, every time I come out one, they like, oh, this is the best one. And then like, like four is really different because I can feel a lot of more energy on this one. Like uh, this is probably my best release of my career for us response wise. So, uh, you know, I'm going to do I'm going to end it with five. Like my favorite show, The Wire, they got five seasons. Come on now. Five. And uh, I'm going to get away from it, man, because, you know, I got other albums like, like, you know, I like to do. I got Room 39 coming out again for the fifth year anniversary. I had took it off the digital platforms. Those are the albums like Room 39, Wired Different. Uh, those are what I prefer to do. Right, right. Got right. you. I am the cutty of podcasting, just to let you know, um, for all you wire fans out there. I'm the cutty of podcasting. Shit. Yeah. I went, I went, I went inside. I went away for a little bit. I came back and I'm on my own thing now. Yeah. It's not in you. It's not in you no more. It's not in me no more. I don't have it in me no more. I don't, I, I, I just want to be a peaceful guy now. I'm a peaceful guy. Chris. Talk about the, um, the significance of the skull. It's a, it's a, it's an ongoing theme with this series. Yeah. What, what, what does it, what does it represent? What does it signify to you? You know what, man? I really, I don't even know, man. Uh, so when I first did the first one, the first cover actually was just a, a photo shoot of me, uh, like sitting next to a broken fan. And uh, that was like uh, symbolic because it was like, yo, man, there ain't nobody messing with me. I just got a few fans. So I just had a, the first actual cover, No Cosign One, was just me stand, sitting next to a fan. So for two, I wanted to tap into more of the cocaine aspect of the marketing of it. Uh, and it was probably lining up with the timing of things, how, you know, Griselda and everything was coming out. So maybe subconsciously I had that in mind. But uh, I just hit my friend up who designed. I said, yo, man, give me a skull made of cocaine. 
And that's when you look at part two, that's exactly what it is. And the response I got from that, that, that cover was so crazy. I'm like, yeah, I got to do this forever until, until it's over with. And then I went and redone part one and re-released part one on vinyl with a new cover of a skull. So, you know, it's just, it's good to see that, that theme because it's like, yo, that's synonymous with no cosign, just cocaine, a skull with some type of cocaine. So, it, you know, it's just, it's good marketing that I would say that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to hail you up on the marketing side of things. Cause even on your website, there just seems to be this thread of continuity among all the releases. And I think it's really impressive yeah. because some people find that out late or they don't find out at all, but you seem to have a, a, a clear vision in terms of how you want to present yourself, which I think is dope. Even down to your label name, it's very intentional. Yeah. Everything, everything is, uh, meticulously thought out, you know, uh, Cause that's what I want to say, man. Uh, that's what I intend to do, man. I like, I like the process of the business just as much as the music. Like I, I, I have in inspirations to be a label, you know, I want to be like, like my favorite artists is back in the day, believe it or not, is Master P, uh, E40. These guys who started out in the back of their trunk selling CDs and cassettes. So, uh, that's what I grew up on. And I always inspired to have my own shop you know i really actually had my own shop before i started rapping i sold mixtapes and uh i used to make good money with that man i was always one who wanted to provide people with music and now i can do that with my music you know got you got you i have to say i was really excited when i saw the credits um you had you got two of my favorites we'll get into it um black okay. milk now yeah. black milk is <laughs> <laughs> you, so, you know words words lose me sometimes because I'm, I'm i'm fans of these people do you know what i mean like anything with black milk on it i um i buy it tell tell me about how you connected with black milk me and black milk go back almost 20 years uh i met black milk through uh big proof uh black milk was with uh br gunner at the time uh which is him and rj and uh so they did my first they did like the first song I was on on a national release with Big Proof album, song called Purple Gang. They produced that beat, and then they produced another song called uh, Girls with the Boom by Proof. Uh, but we was working before that, man. So uh, me and Black go back to like I say, two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, I still got the first beat CD he gave me from back then. I say, Yo, man, if you don't send me no beats, I'm gonna use these. Uh, so it took me three years to get beats from him, and he sent me a batch, and that's what you got from that. But uh, we went on tour together. Uh, this is right before before he started his career. He was basically like a uh, started off like on the road with Slum Village, and that's I was opening for Slum Village at that time. So uh, Black is one of my good friends, man. So we we got like I say, almost twenty years of history, man. And you know, this is the first time I pressed him about some beats. We normally just talk about basketball and things like that. But I like yo, man. I'm doing another cosign. I'm gonna need you on it. And he's like, all right, and I. He missed part three, and then I, I I seen him out. Me, him, and Elza, we took the picture. I say I'm getting both of y'all on part three, uh, part four, and no, I said that on part three. It didn't happen. I was like, okay, I'm getting them on part four, so I got them both. So, but yeah, man, Black is my good friend in real life. That's dope. And you waited twenty years to ask for a favor. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know that's the thing. Like, uh, it, I, it's not even it's not that hard. You know what I'm saying? Because we really real friends. But you know. Uh, now mind you, when I, when we first started, he was producing for me, you know, and, and then he's, he shot, came, 
rapping on Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, wow, that's my friend. Uh, and But I respect the process, man. Like, I know, understand when someone start moving like that, it's not about them changing. It's about they're becoming busier and they got a lot of things going on in their life. So I never wanted to feel like I was bugging them or pressing them because his new stardom, like, yo, you my friend. So we just talked on Texas and on the phone for years and I never brought up no music. But this time around, I seen him in person. I'm like, all right, I need a beat. And that's how it happened. Dope, dope. Yeah. Shout out to Black Milk, one of our favorites. Black. Which name came first? T-Flame or uh, 40 Flame? T-Flame came first. Uh, T-Flame was given to me by my homies in the streets because we were still in cars. And uh, back then, uh, the 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 group that was buzzing was the Hot Boys. So we was all naming ourselves out to like something to do with fire and flame. So, you know, my real name is Ty Ferris. And uh, it's like, yo, just T-Flame. So that's how that that's how that came. And then uh a few years later, I'm like, yo, T Flame is whack. Uh I went to the gun range and I shot a 40 cal. And uh the first time I shot it, it went to a bullseye. I said, you know what? My new name is 40 Flame. And that's how that happened. And then I say that was whack. And I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna be my name, Ty Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I I mentioned uh I mean I know nothing about what you just mentioned, by the way. I know nothing about yeah. that life. What do I know about any of that, right? I'm just a failed homo sapien. <laughs> but um if we uh if we circle back in the intro, I talked about punchlines and obviously you've come, yeah. you, you, you've, it's been well documented. You've come from the battle rap scene. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not right by any stretch of the imagination, but going from, from that scene into writing, you know, cohesive songs and with song structure that you do on what, you know, why different and things like that. How did you make yeah. that? How did you, what, what did you learn and, and the balance between kind of putting those better punchlines into writing those structured songs? Uh, yeah. So, I break it down like this, man. I'm a battle rapper at heart first. That's how I started. Uh, that never leaves you. That never leaves you. Like, I watch battles and still think of lines. And, you know, it's opposed to someone who's being molded by A&R to make, make songs and then watching battles. I, I watched battles and then was molded to make songs. So it's, the psyche is a little bit different. Uh, I just had to stop battle rapping because I knew that if I wanted to become an artist, at this point in my head, and I'm going to say that, let me pre precursor that. In 2005, 2006, I stopped battling for real uh, because I didn't think that I would be battling way up into my late 30s and 40s. I'm like, yo, man, I don't even know how I could be able to. And back then, we wasn't getting money like that. I make $1,000 a battle and I had to beat eight people for $1,000. Not again, dollars $40,000 a match. Maybe I would have stayed if I knew I was going to be able to get $30,000, $40,000 a match. Uh, but I just knew the amount of time and detail it took for me to come up with these battles, battle raps. And, you know, now they do research on opponents. I didn't do that. I just went in there. Uh, I just go in there with my three rounds, you know? So, uh, the amount of time that it take me to do a battle, I'm like, yo man, I could have did five or six songs, you know? Uh, and at heart, I wanted to be on the record label too. So back then I wanted to be a part of, to be honest, Shady Records or uh aftermath uh those those are my two dreams you know what i'm saying so i just had to make a decision like yo man i know what these guys do to make good songs like i'm talking about like i'm thinking at this point 50 cent eminem lloyd banks these guys i know i'm listening to the songs i'm actually in the studio sometime at eminem studio watching the process so i know the amount of 
detail it take to make songs and I know amount of time it take to write battles. I couldn't do both. I had to focus on one and I chose the songs opposed to battle rapping. Mm. Hope Interesting. That, hope that was a you're, good you're you're answer for you. <laughs> no, no, it was great. Yeah. It was a great answer. You're obviously a student, you know, it's, everything's making sense. You had a mixtape shop, you're, you're of culture, yeah, right? And fact. and you've gone through the, I guess, you know, Detroit is very well known for the myriad of different styles yeah. and influences it has in terms of music, but yeah. you've also gone through the myriad of different aspects of the culture yeah. and you're at this point now in your career. Yeah. And you mentioned Shady, you mentioned Aftermath as, as Dreams, but speaking on that, you got, you know, one of the greatest MCs, alive right now period in hip-hop Royce the five nine being a kind of a mentor to yeah. someone you can go Definitely. to and he is someone that we have seen over the last few years dish out great I mean he dishes out some great bars but also some great snaps on people but he also dishes out some great pieces of advice yeah. what are some of the advices that you've heard you've got from him that has held you in good stead uh, at this kind of point in your career a disjunction in your career and going forward yeah man uh I'm just trying to think I want to sit around 2009, me and Royce became real cool. I mean, I was really cool with his brother, Kid Vicious. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. So, what to give you the best recollection, uh, I caught a DUI in 2014, and he'd been two, through two or three DUIs in his life. And uh, I, I went to him just, you know, because I didn't know the process of it. And at this time, he was already sobering up. Like, he was already like sobriety. Uh, so, you know, he just told me that he just basically told me, man, there's like, it's more mental, you know, this, like, I don't, I don't have a drinking problem or had a drinking problem. I just got caught drinking and driving one day on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, so he was really like, yo, come to the studio. He was just basically because at that point I can't do nothing. Like what I was used to doing, like going to clubs and stuff. I could go, but I didn't want to go to the club and drink a Red Bull. So uh, he was always encouraging me to come to the studio. He was basically trying to keep me close to him, you know what I'm saying, to keep my mind off of me being on probation for 18 months. Uh, and outside of that, that was the best thing. Like, you know, that was very cool for somebody to to interject themselves into my life like that at a time when I was going through a lot, especially the DUI and other things. Uh, outside of that, man, he just said stay in the studio. That's the main thing I was going to get to. Just stay in the studio. I don't know what you got to do. Just stay in the studio. Like, because if you're in the studio, you can't be doing nothing wrong. You know, just stay in the studio. Like, you don't need to go to the clubs. What's at the clubs? You know what I'm saying? So stay in the studio, stay productive. And uh, if you look at Royce right now, he stays, literally stays in the studio. Like, built <laughs> a shower in the studio. <laughs> so right. it's like he right, literally right, right. lives there kind of like you know uh and uh but no that's my guy man his studio is literally five minutes from my house uh, i go over there every every blue moon i don't go over there as much as i used to because i'm so focused on doing what i do if i go over there to see royce it's a it's an easy six hours like he's gonna chop it up and he gonna play me some music and i'm gonna go like oh lord jesus this is incredible. How do I go home and rap after that? Uh, but yeah, no, nah, man, Royce is my guy, man. He's been a, a good friend for at least 10 years now, at least. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Dope. Dope. Um, I want this to be my official petition. Mm -hmm. We need an album with you and Apollo Brown. I have money here. I have money here and I will PayPal you in advance. 
you and him together are different. That is beautiful, man. Because before we did this, about about 10 minutes ago, I hit Apollo Brown. I said, what's the over and under they ask about me and your album? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I don't know if y'all showed a video version of this, but I'm going to, whatever version it is, I'm going to send it to him. Uh, yeah, man, I, you know, Apollo is my, again, man, I, I hate to make it seem like that, but these guys are really my friends, man. Uh, Apollo is my friend, friend, like, uh, he's gave me so much advice and helped me become a better artist. He's done a lot of things in the background for me too. And, uh, it's just all out of a good place, man, because I think he just genuinely want to see me win. And, uh, I think more importantly, he liked the way I move for my business and the way I present my music. Uh, but for us doing the album, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, you know, Paolo's a busy man. Him and Mellow Music Group, they got a lot going on. Uh, I don't, I, I joke about it. You know what I'm saying? It's just another one of those things. Like, he's my friend. He's Apollo Brown. Obviously, he see everybody asking for an album for us. So, uh, you know, he's a smart man. Whenever it makes sense and it's right in timing, he'll, he'll, he'll let me know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to force that. Uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I told him, I told him. I, I told him whenever we do it, it's going to be his best album. You know, got to keep it competitive. We, we did mention you both on our end of year episode. We, um, Not the end of year, the episode before that we was like, is Apollo Brown one of the goats? Now we think he is. And we were talking about who we want him to work with. And your name came up. We're like, yeah, him and Ty Farris. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. pushing for that. I'm pushing yeah. for that. It makes sense, man. It makes sense. Like, uh, you know, he just invited me over. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go over his house in the next couple of days. Just got a new spot. Uh, I'm going to go over there and uh, I'm going to go try to... So I went over there the first time. Well, not the first time. I went over there to get beats for No Cosign 4. And I got a gig stick. I'm thinking I'm about to come out with a bunch of beats. He gave me one beat. And that's the one beat you heard on the dang on, uh part four. I'm like, damn. Wow. <laughs> like, yo, bro. I came over here with a 32 uh, gig, gig stick here. And he gave me one beat. Say, yeah, let's knock this one out and see what happens. Like, all right. So, but no, man. So, so, he, so Apollo's got a new spot, right? So I've got the perfect housewarming gift. Your bars. Come on, man. What's up with that? What's this? There's, there's no, 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 no microwave, no toaster. Yeah. Get these bars, bro. Yeah. These bars. I told him that, man. I, that's, that's my exact words. I say, man, because we went live a couple days ago and I was like, yo, he was like, yo, man, I'm making the first beat in my new spot. I was like, yeah, man, that's the first beat should be me rapping on it. So, uh, but yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure to happen. I'm not going to even blow it up like that I, i'm sure that happened it's just timing uh i got things going on he got things going on but i always told him like if when you make the call because it'll be the first time i've done this too uh i will actually probably go to his house and record it i've never done none of my albums with a producer in the presence like none of it so uh i know that it'll be a it'll be a different experience because apollo could be a little stern and i could be a little boy at it so but I'm with it. I'm with the challenge. But there's there's a focus, and there's you both know what you want. We we in our appreciation uh, episode of Apollo Brown. That's what we mentioned. We we he knows he's a he's a professor of music. He knows what he wants. He knows how to get 
the best out of said artist. In the, he's not he's not just a producer in terms of a beat maker. He's a producer. He knows how to put a cohesive body of work together. But so do yeah. you, right? Yeah. This is why you can put Nicholas Craven, yeah. you know, Ghost, yeah. uh, Eto, all the people that you work yeah. with, right? Spanish Ran, shout out to Spanish Ran, and and create a cohesive body of work. Yeah. So that's why it's a, it's almost a, a match made in yeah. heaven in terms of just going. This would be great for hip hop, yeah. and and at the space we're at, and and the marketing angles that you take, yeah. I think it, it would be it would be quite special from an independent point yeah. of view. It'd be it'd be very special. You yeah, know? Uh, but you know, to be honest, I will let him. I, like you know, I will let him run point on everything. Uh, you know, whatever he was to say, like you know, he, he like the big brother to me. To be honest, so whatever he was to say to do, I would I would I would go. I would follow it blindly. Like, yo, I think we should do this. Okay, I'm not even objecting to it. I might give an idea, but even marketing uh cds set whatever he says and you know i don't know how the situation will work if it's a, a mellow music thing or whatever whatever he says i will be for it because you know man he's proven i mean i'm proven too but he's proven and his bodies of work has shown that he can get this artist and get the best out of him you know i'm up for that you know this is what i'm proposing i'm gonna get apollo brown back on the podcast solely 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 we, we just pressure him we pressure him just to talk to him about the people we want him to do an album with that's it no 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 other talk yeah. no oh, we want to hear yeah. this this rap no 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 bring him on yeah. and then that's it that's it that's it run it run an intervention we are running an intervention yeah. on apollo brown at this point <laughs> i'm gonna get you know, we need to get him back because we, ha- we had a great time with him and he was on the show real good talk good talk man he real good when the conversation man you know a lot of people don't know that yeah, I was very, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. His humor, yeah. I was like, oh, f- oh, like he's actually like real funny. Oh man, yeah, listen, that's the thing. Like our, our private conversations, oh man, hilarious. Yes, he's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely one of the uh, guys who can crack some jokes. I'm telling you that. And we're born on the same day. We have the same. I have the same birthday as Apollo Brown, so it's meant to be. Got you, damn. No, I'm going to get him down. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm time being serious. I'm going to, I'm going to get him booked. Just simply talk to yeah. him about people we want him to do albums with. And that, that's, that, that's that, that, that is that. Um, Chris, <laughs> I was going to say, we went from Apollo Brown appreciation to Apollo Brown intervention. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got one last question for you. It's something that really hit my radar this morning. I want to, I want to read some of these lyrics from cold. Okay. Um, you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I mess up your lyrics, I, I'm sorry. I was cold, misled down the wrong path, walked the plank just to get your throat slashed. So I backward flipped into a cold splash, survival rate is no chance. Grew up poor, baking soda, no cold gate with my cold baths. How does hot water feel? Cold. Picture your designated driver drunk and they lost the wheel. That's my life in a nutshell. It took time for my heart to heal. Go out in a blaze of glory before my daughter see a father kneel. Live off the land, no farmer skills. Just fiends and pharmaceuticals. The darkest musical provide the thoughts of art. That's beautiful. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I could inject this into my veins, I would. Yeah. That right there is Sistine Chapel level writing. I want you to know this. This is beyond MC and this is writing here. This is scribes. This is, this is. Yeah. I need you to kind of, one thing I really love about your music, you own your story. You talk about growing up in hardship. Yeah. In poverty. And you don't hide that. Um, Today we had a very well-known influencer talking about if you're, if you're homeless, just buy a house. If you're poor, it's your fault, basically. Um, 
how does someone like you who's come from that feel about people just kind of ignoring the fact that you know there's reasons as to why people live this way and how have you managed to stay focused in spite of that and feeling like you're special like you say on no coast and yeah uh first man thanks for uh you know the compliments about that writing man uh that's one of my you know i would have did a video for that i would have flew out to new york it was just pandemic when we came out with that man that's, i probably think it's one of my better songs in my whole career uh but yeah man for somebody to speak like that man and i like i say man i don't like to it took me a long time to be able to talk about how poor I was and like the problems I went through because, you know, uh, it's hard to speak on that, man. People I, I used to get make fun of for being, you know, poor, dirty shoes, you know, sometimes a roach crawl out my damn pants. So uh, that's embarrassing in the land of everybody wanting to be flossy and flashy. And I got money. I didn't have money. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, for somebody to say that, man, it's just hard for them to understand the mental aspect of being waking up poor, um, waking up sometime with no lights, sometime with, you know, the like on the cold, you know, the hot water. Where's the hot water? You turn the hot water on, it's cold because the hot water tank is out. Uh, you know, it's just I can't even relate to people who had that mindset because it's kind of selfish. Because until you live, it's just like the politicians, like, oh, they're fine. No, you, you don't understand it because until you actually live it, man, you live it. You can't you can't vocalize the pain on the not even the physical, the mental. Like, you know, I, I got to wake up and go to school knowing that I'm going to get talked about because of my shoes is busted open. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I can't have nobody over to my house because a roach might crawl over. It's embarrassing. So, uh, you know, and that's just really a product of my environment. I didn't sign up for that. You know, my mother, she was dealing with drugs and, and things of that nature. My father was in jail. So isn't all these things are out of my control. So, you know, that's as a kid, you don't understand that as a kid, you're embarrassed by it. But now as I grow older and made it through it and understand, like, yo, there's a lot of people on drugs. I shouldn't be embarrassed about that. My mom was on drugs. Uh, it's just life. So, you know, I just I just would recommend those people to be a little more synthetic, uh, sympathetic towards people who are going through things, especially if they never encountered or had a brush of being poor or poverty or, you know, man, I was I was stealing hamburgers out the corner store, man. Like I, I got so many. That's why the writing is so easy. I got so many many memories of nights of me and, and walking and shoveling slow snow for five dollars just to eat that day it's like it's so many of them it's like i can write forever because i lived it from the age of eight to 16 17 you know yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you for sharing that and um that's the part of your story that i really i really really gravitate you and it's it's a big reason why you're my favorite rapper right now just want to put that out there oh man i appreciate that man i do sincerely now, listen, we appreciate you, bro. Like, you're taking the time. We had some fun. Actually, yeah. last, before you, before you go, you, you're a Wire fan. You know, our first episode on this podcast all those yeah. years ago was Sopranos versus The Wire, right? That was our thing, right? That, that was our, we had a little, you know, debate, right? Um, Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. What was, uh, what's your favorite series? Is it, what's your favorite Wire series? Which which one is my favorite season? Yeah, see, yeah sorry, it's not season, uh, series, season, yes, season. You know, it's tough, man, because so 
you watch it when it first comes out and then you watch it again and understand each season focused on a certain aspect. Uh, you know, I didn't like season two in the beginning because I didn't understand it. Like it's about the ports and that is a real thing. Like a lot of stuff happens through the ports, but you're not understanding that. You think it's a slow season and meeting the Greeks. So, but then you get, uh, what's, what's that? The, the scene, the, uh, season five is more like uh focus on the news and then season four is focused on the school kids i might i might be having them wrong but uh the introduction to marlo season four that's that's probably it yeah you know what i'm saying the kids one i can't i can't every time i re-watch it i can't watch it because it's it's like the corruption like seeing michael go from from the school kid to the killer i can't watch it i have to skip all yeah yeah it makes me cry for I can't real. do it. Like I genuinely yeah. cannot do it. Yeah, that's basically, you know, that's they. That, I think that's why that show is such such embraced by people, man. Because that is the closest thing of of, of a, a depiction of what's really going on in the neighborhoods. Like the harsh realities. Like you know, those situations happen all the time. You know what I'm saying? And they captured it. I don't know who they had uh, in the director's ear or whoever, but it was some authentic. Yeah. people you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, no, definitely there's a great book on the wire if you ever it's like an oral history of the wire it's called uh all the pieces that oh, uh, all the pieces matter it's inside story it's incredible if you have if you haven't read it all the pieces that matter it's um yeah all the pieces uh all the pieces matter sorry i always get that wrong all the pieces matter by jonathan abrams um and it's basically like an oral history it's inside it's like if you love the wire you're gonna love that book right so there's that but now now not to be too corny as we end the show but the price of the brick went up for you right after that, that's, that's what we're talking about right <laughs> yeah definitely uh you know it, it's it's just the natural progression of things uh but you know i mean I'm, I'm not even into doing like i'm people i know i do features for but like i've been trying to limit the features and stuff like that because uh i really want to focus on like my new projects and stuff so sometimes it take away from the creative process when somebody trying to pay me for a feature and then i got to go through that and, like i don't like the I don't like the beat or I like the verse, you know, all money ain't good money, but yeah, the price yeah, of the brick went up. And uh, no, we appreciate you. Listen, man, Chris, he, he said to me, to listen, man, Ty, Ty is on a cusp of something huge. We'll go get him on the podcast. And then that's Thank that, you know, you, that's, that, that email went straight to you. And like, yeah, let we go get you. On. We respect <laughs> it's true. you. It's true. We respect you. We love all the work you do. We can't wait for more. Tell Apollo Brown to stop, you know, yeah. top stop. You could have said, and that's what you wanted to say. <laughs> nah, I can't do that. I don't want no problems with Apollo. Sometimes they get too spicy, but I got to rein it back. I, I don't want no problems with Apollo, man. But remember, I'm the cutty. I'm the cutty of podcasting, yeah, so I've got to yeah, stop that, right? Good. Sometimes I can be the Christopher Multisanti of podcasting. That's where I've got to rein it back. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now I appreciate you, bro. All the best. Stay safe. Look after yourself. And thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Peace to Ty once again. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, we seem to be um, uh, on a similar mindset when it comes to The Wire. Although I like season two. I've always liked season two. I know a lot of people don't. General consensus uh, on on The Wire season two, no one liked it. But I think it was because how it's kind of like the, um, that, you know, sophomore jinx or where people say, or or when a movie comes out, like Back to the Future, the second one may not be as good or anything like that. I feel it has that kind of syndrome where the first season was so great that they expected something else from season two. And yeah, got season else. two needs to, it needs to marinate. And I think it's what, been 20 years? Is it 
20 years since the while. Mm, yeah, Season yeah, two is really important. Close and you know what? Even if you don't enjoy it or like it, you need to understand how important it is in the overall story. So season two is, it's, it's definitely, you have to be focused, you have to concentrate and you have to give it time. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's a slow burn. So that's how I feel about season two. Yeah, no, fair enough. But now, nah, man, Ty's a, Ty's a good brother. We can't wait for new music. He makes um, me want to rap. And uh, yeah, man, his bars, man. I, I, I love, I, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. He just makes you want to rap. But also like, I just love the way he infuses what, who he is at first, which is about a rapper. And how he infuses that in his music to create good music, right? And he takes the old school approach of going, okay, you know, the the series, no cosine, no cosine, just cocaine series, are like feeding, feeding the core fan base, right? Easy thing to do, put it out there, flood the fan base, you know, work with people that he's cool with in collaborators, uh, long time collaborators, put it out there. But then he'll get into stuff like cold, he'll get to stuff like Room Thirty Nine and, and things like that. So it's a nice mix, and I think that he's well placed given his career and where he's come from people like that have like a lot of experience already he's not new to a lot of people he may be new but his experience runs deep and i think that will hold him in good stead over the next 15 to 20 years of his career agreed and you know we we have a history you know what it's like for battle rappers to make that transition into being artists it's not easy you know we can talk about cannabis as much as we like him the transition was rough and some would argue that he didn't make it so yeah, when you come from that world and you can traverse into another, I, I respect it. I respect it. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, peace to the tie once again. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram. Chris's handle is at I Am Kinetic. Mine is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We'll be back with yet another episode next week. But until then, And peace. I also have to say, before I say peace, War Report coming soon. Original podcast series. Wow. We're going to be doing wow. that sooner than you think. Wow. Now we can say peace. Wow. Peace. Peace.